Chapters seven, eight, and nine of Book Six of Les Misérables, Volume Three, by Victor Hugo. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Bruce Peary. Les Misérables, Volume Three, by Victor Hugo. Translated by Isabel Florence Hapgood. Book Six: The Conjunction of Two Stars. Chapter Seven. Adventures of the letter U, delivered over to conjectures. Isolation, detachment from everything, pride, independence, the taste of nature, the absence of daily and material activity, the life within himself, the secret conflicts of chastity, a benevolent ecstasy towards all creation, had prepared Marius for this possession which is called passion. His worship of his father had gradually become a religion, and like all religions it had retreated to the depths of his soul. Something was required in the foreground. Love came. A full month elapsed, during which Marius went every day to the Luxembourg. When the hour arrived nothing could hold him back. He is on duty, said Courfeyrac. Marius lived in a state of delight. It is certain that the young girl did look at him he had finally grown bold and approached the bench still he did not pass in front of it any more in obedience to the instinct of timidity and to the instinct of prudence common to lovers he considered it better not to attract the attention of the father he combined his stations behind the trees and the pedestals of the statues with a profound diplomacy so that he might be seen as much as possible by the young girl and as little as possible by the old gentleman Sometimes he remained motionless by the half-hour together in the shade of a Leonidas or a Spartacus, holding in his hand a book, above which his eyes, gently raised, sought the beautiful girl, and she, on her side, turned her charming profile towards him with a vague smile. While conversing in the most natural and tranquil manner in the world with the white-haired man, she bent upon Marius all the reveries of a virginal and passionate eye ancient and time-honored maneuver which eve understood from the very first day of the world and which every woman understands from the very first day of her life her mouth replied to one and her glance replied to another it must be supposed that m leblanc finally noticed something for often when marius arrived he rose and began to walk about he had abandoned their accustomed place and had adopted the bench by the gladiator near the other end of the walk as though with the object of seeing whether marius would pursue them thither marius did not understand and committed this error the father began to grow inexact and no longer brought his daughter every day sometimes he came alone then marius did not stay another blunder marius paid no heed to these symptoms from the phase of timidity he had passed by a natural and fatal progress to the phase of blindness his love increased he dreamed of it every night and then an unexpected bliss had happened to him oil on the fire or redoubling of the shadows over his eyes one evening at dusk he had found on the bench which m leblanc and his daughter had just quitted a handkerchief a very simple handkerchief without embroidery but white and fine and which seemed to him to exhale ineffable perfume 
he seized it with rapture this handkerchief was marked with the letters u f marius knew nothing about this beautiful child neither her family name her christian name nor her abode these two letters were the first thing of her that he had gained possession of adorable initials upon which he immediately began to construct his scaffolding u was evidently the christian name ursule he thought what a delicious name he kissed the handkerchief drank it in placed it on his heart on his flesh during the day and at night laid it beneath his lips that he might fall asleep on it i feel that her whole soul lies within it he exclaimed this handkerchief belonged to the old gentleman who had simply let it fall from his pocket in the days which followed the finding of this treasure he only displayed himself at the luxembourg in the act of kissing the handkerchief and laying it on his heart the beautiful child understood nothing of all this and signified it to him by imperceptible signs oh modesty said marius chapter eight the veterans themselves can be happy since we have pronounced the word modesty and since we conceal nothing we ought to say that once nevertheless in spite of his ecstasies his ursule caused him very serious grief it was on one of the days when she persuaded m leblanc to leave the bench and stroll along the walk a brisk may breeze was blowing which swayed the crests of the plantain trees the father and daughter arm in arm had just passed marius's bench marius had risen to his feet behind them and was following them with his eyes as was fitting in the desperate situation of his soul all at once a gust of wind more merry than the rest and probably charged with performing the affairs of springtime swept down from the nursery flung itself on the alley enveloped the young girl in a delicious shiver worthy of virgil's nymphs and the fawns of theocritus and lifted her dress the robe more sacred than that of isis almost to the height of her garter a leg of exquisite shape appeared marius saw it he was exasperated and furious the young girl had hastily thrust down her dress with a divinely troubled motion but he was none the less angry for all that he was alone in the alley it is true but there might have been some one there and what if there had been some one there can any one comprehend such a thing what she had just done is horrible alas the poor child had done nothing there had been but one culprit the wind but marius in whom quivered the bartolo who exists in cherubin was determined to be vexed and was jealous of his own shadow it is thus in fact that the harsh and capricious jealousy of the flesh awakens in the human heart and takes possession of it even without any right moreover setting aside even that jealousy the sight of that charming leg had contained nothing agreeable for him the white stocking of the first woman he chanced to meet would have afforded him more pleasure when his ursule after having reached the end of the walk retraced her steps with m leblanc and passed in front of the bench on which marius had seated himself once more marius darted a sullen and ferocious glance at her the young girl gave way to that slight straightening up with a backward movement accompanied by a raising of the eyelids which signifies well what is the matter this was their first quarrel 
Marius had hardly made this scene at her with his eyes when some one crossed the walk. It was a veteran, very much bent, extremely wrinkled, and pale, in a uniform of the Louis XV pattern, bearing on his breast the little oval plaque of red cloth with the crossed swords, the soldier's cross of St. Louis, and adorned, in addition, with a coat-sleeve which had no arm in it, with a silver chin and a wooden leg. Marius thought he perceived that this man had an extremely well-satisfied air. It even struck him that the aged cynic, as he hobbled along past him, addressed to him a very fraternal and very merry wink, as though some chance had created an understanding between them, and as though they had shared some piece of good luck together. What did that relic of Mars mean by being so contented? What had passed between that wooden leg and the other? marius reached a paroxysm of jealousy perhaps he was there he said to himself perhaps he saw and he felt a desire to exterminate the veteran with the aid of time all points grow dull marius's wrath against ursule just and legitimate as it was passed off he finally pardoned her but this cost him a great effort he sulked for three days Nevertheless, in spite of all this, and because of all this, his passion augmented and grew to madness. CHAPTER Nine: ECLIPSE The reader has just seen how Marius discovered, or thought that he discovered, that she was named Ursule. Appetite grows with loving. To know that her name was Ursule was a great deal. It was very little. In three or four weeks Marius had devoured this bliss. He wanted another. He wanted to know where she lived. He had committed his first blunder by falling into the ambush of the bench by the gladiator. He had committed a second by not remaining at the Luxembourg when Monsieur Leblanc came thither alone. He now committed a third and an immense one. He followed Ursule. She lived in the Rue de l'Ouest in the most unfrequented spot, in a new three-story house of modest appearance. From that moment forth Marius added to his happiness of seeing her at the Luxembourg the happiness of following her home. His hunger was increasing. He knew her first name at least, a charming name, a genuine woman's name. He knew where she lived. He wanted to know who she was. One evening, after he had followed them to their dwelling and had seen them disappear through the carriage gate, he entered in their train and said boldly to the porter, "'Is that the gentleman who lives on the first floor who has just come in?' "'No,' replied the porter, "'he is the gentleman on the third floor.' Another step gained. This success emboldened Marius. "'On the front?' he asked. "'Parbleu,' said the porter, "'the house is only built on the street.' And what is that gentleman's business? began Marius again. He is a gentleman of property, sir, a very kind man, who does good to the unfortunate, though not rich himself. What is his name? resumed Marius. The porter raised his head and said, Are you a police spy, sir? Marius went off quite abashed, but delighted. He was getting on. Good, thought he, I know that her name is Ursule, that she is the daughter of a gentleman who lives on his income, and that she lives there, on the third floor in the Rue de l'Ouest. On the following day Monsieur Leblanc and his daughter made only a very brief stay in the Luxembourg. 
They went away while it was still broad daylight. Marius followed them to the Rue de l'Ouest, as he had taken up the habit of doing. On arriving at the carriage entrance, Monsieur Leblanc made his daughter pass in first, then paused before crossing the threshold, and stared intently at Marius. On the next day they did not come to the Luxembourg. Marius waited for them all day in vain. At nightfall he went to the Rue de l'Ouest, and saw a light in the windows of the third story. He walked about beneath the windows until the light was extinguished. The next day no one at the Luxembourg. Marius waited all day, then went and did sentinel duty under their windows. This carried him on to ten o'clock in the evening. His dinner took care of itself. Fever nourishes the sick man, and love the lover. He spent a week in this manner. Monsieur Leblanc no longer appeared at the Luxembourg. Marius indulged in melancholy conjectures. He dared not watch the porte-cochere during the day. He contented himself with going at night to gaze upon the red light of the windows. At times he saw shadows flit across them, and his heart began to beat. On the eighth day, when he arrived under the windows, there was no light in them. Hello, he said. The lamp is not lighted yet, but it is dark. Can they have gone out? He waited until ten o'clock, until midnight, until one in the morning. Not a light appeared in the windows of the third story, and no one entered the house. He went away in a very gloomy frame of mind. On the morrow, for he only existed from morrow to morrow, there was, so to speak, no to-day for him. On the morrow he found no one at the Luxembourg, he had expected this. At dusk he went to the house. No light in the windows. The shades were drawn. The third floor was totally dark. Marius rapped at the porte-cochere, entered, and said to the porter, The gentleman on the third floor? Has moved away, replied the porter. Marius reeled and said feebly, How long ago? Yesterday. Where is he living now? I don't know anything about it. So he has not left his new address? No. And the porter, raising his eyes, recognized Marius. Come, so it's you, he said. But you are decidedly a spy, then. End of Book 6, Chapters 7, 8, and 9